My name is Lad. I'm one of the pastors here at K2. It is good to be with you here today. I have uh, bittersweetly looked forward today to today uh, for a few weeks now, just as I get to share with you one last time from the Word. And uh, again, I just I want you to know that we dearly, dearly love being part of this community. We came here for the first time four years ago, actually. Um, we still had South Campus, and I came in on a Sunday and uh, met some of you folks. Anybody down here at South, South Campus? Any of you? Yeah. Met some of you folks there and uh, really liked it. Crystal and I came back a few weeks later, and then we moved here in August of that year. And so we've been here for not quite four years. It's been, I was going to say fantastic, right? Absolutely. It's been fantastic. <laughs> Uh, to be part of the community here. Thank you for allowing me to serve you in some small way as one of the pastors here. And what we really, I want to encourage you today. I, I feel like we are trending in this direction of what I want to share. I feel like we're, this is who we are. And Peter today is going to really encourage us in who we are as a church, as people, as families, as individuals here in our city in this place, in this time, I really want to—I want us to be encouraged today as the church. And so, again, thank you for allowing us to be part of that. If you haven't been here much in the last few months, um, having been on staff here um, starting in February, the the pastors and the spiritual advisory board here began to pray about a possibility in our lives. And in April, we really uh, felt like God clearly led us to to change directions in life and. I'm going to be serving in ministry from like what the Bible kind of calls, or it's kind of like Paul. He did tent making and he served, and, and I'm going to serve with my family and my family's business and do ministry. And again, for me, this was really out of the blue. It isn't anything that I've planned. It isn't anything I've dreamed of, and yet really feel confident that God's calling us to serve our family this way and moving us geographically into that. And so I just was in Ohio for a couple of weeks beginning that and looking for houses. On Friday, we signed the papers on our house, and so our house is gone. How many of you guys have ever sold your house, right? That's kind of a big deal, and somebody else kind of gets your stuff, right? And uh, that's the place we do life, and now that's the place they do life, and so it's the first time we've ever done that. And so we are in this process. Thank you for praying for us. Um, it really is bittersweet. So we have high moments and excitement and sad moments and tearing away and frustrated moments with the chaos of life, and so thanks for praying for us in the process. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter 2. You can find that uh, on, your, on your phone, in your Bible app, or in your Bible, or you can find it on the screens. I'm going to read right after I pray, and we'll go from there. God, thank you for thinking of K2. Thanks for making us a church. Thanks for bringing many of us from other places to here and using us here in this church, but in our city, to talk about you and your mercy and your love. Thank you as well for many of us coming to know you right here inside this community, maybe even in this room. God, thank you for all that you have done through this church, through what you began through Dave and Susie and the community 10 years ago now. God, thank you for allowing me to be part of that, my family to be part of that for these last four years. God, would you speak to us this morning, encourage us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. First uh, Peter 2, it starts with the word therefore, and uh, whenever something starts with therefore, you usually want to step back and, and see what he's talking about. So just quickly, 
1 Peter 1 is amazing. He says, listen, praise God because he's given us new life and he's given us an inheritance, a great inheritance to all who believed in him, an inheritance for eternal life. You have the hope of new life in him. And he says, we put our hope in the grace to be revealed when Christ Jesus is revealed. Therefore, with minds that are alert, this is verse 13 of chapter 1, with, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming, right? And he says that we are obedient children. As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had before when you lived in ignorance, when you didn't know God. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. He goes on down further. He says, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Right? Peter sets the stage. He says, we are, We're foreigners here. Right? And we are like aliens. We are like, we're like from a different place. Right? When we've come to have life in God, you're like foreigners. Now, he's writing to Jews who are spread out around the world, and yet he says, we, in wherever we're at, are spiritually like foreigners in our life. And he says this, All people are like grass. Their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And Peter says, life is short. People, we have glory, right? But our glory fades quickly. Life is just a breath. It's just, just like a mist of the morning. It's here and then it's gone. Life is short, and there's two ways to handle that. One, you can live for the moment now just the way the world does. Get every bit of it you can, or you can live in God's kingdom for God's kingdom because life is short. And Peter's going to encourage us towards the latter. So he says, therefore, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now, you, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone that causes them to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Paul starts out, and he's going to say three things, three big things here to those that he says, you are foreigners here, okay? He says, first, be growing, okay? He says, be growing. Like pure babies crave pure spiritual, like babies crave pure spiritual milk, 
be growing. Okay, what does a baby do? A baby drinks milk and a baby sleeps, right? That's about what they do. They're, they're awake for a very short amount of time where they aren't doing that, right? They, they drink pure milk and they grow, right? When, it, when a baby drinks milk, it grows, whether it's from its mom or from the bottle, it, it grows. That child grows and he says, I want you to crave pure spiritual milk. But here's what he says. Rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Isn't it interesting? He's speaking to the church. He says, you are being built up into this kingdom thing, but get rid of this. We just went through a series. Series was called um, Messy Church. And we just finished this series. And man, isn't it interesting that when we get together, we have the grace and mercy of God and yet all this junk bubbles between us. And he says, rid yourselves of malice. Rid yourself of deceit and lying, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Malice. Malice isn't just hatred. Malice is like when I devise in my mind evil for you. I'm hoping terrible things come your way, right? All of us know how wicked that is because we've tasted it, right? We've been angry with someone and we've, we've tasted those thoughts. He says that those those can't be anywhere among us in the body of Christ. He says, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into salvation. I love the way he says grow up into salvation. Isn't it, it's true that when you become a follower of Jesus, when you believe in him, God comes into you. His Holy Spirit seals you. You have new life in Christ that you didn't earn and you can't lose, right? It's sealed by the Spirit. But I love the way he says, crave pure spiritual milk that you might grow up into your salvation. That's what he says. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how are you trending? And Mike, all of us, we could say, yeah, I could probably use more pure spiritual milk of the word. This isn't a conversation about like the milk of the word, like little things, and then the meat of the word is bigger things. This is the word of God is like pure food that you need. You need to eat it and eat it, and eat it, and grow into your salvation. All of us could say we need more, but how are you trending? Are you consuming the word of God? Are you growing into your salvation? Or do you see yourself growing away? He says, grow into your salvation with pure spiritual milk of the word, because you've tasted it, and you know it's good, right? That's that's what we're to be doing. We're to be growing. Second thing he says is you're to be a people, okay? Now, Peter is Jewish, and he came up out of Judaism. And you know if you read the New Testament that Peter really struggled with Gentiles like me being able to come to know God, right? He, the Jewish-Gentile thing was big to him. Peter struggled with that. So this is, this is Jewish language from his background. So he talks about stones. He talks about us being priests and chosen. And, and he talks about us being a holy nation, God's special possession. But I want you to understand, Peter's talking not about Israel. He's talking about all those who believe in Christ, right? To those who really believe. He says, you are the people of God. So first thing he says is stone. How many know what a cornerstone is? Okay, cornerstone. Corner, uh, any bricklayers in the house? Any, anybody a bricklayer? Four services, no bricklayers. We need some bricklayers in this church, right? <laughs> We've probably got some bricklaying that needs to be done. We need some bricklayers, all right? So a cornerstone is the most important stone used to be in a building because it is the foundation. It, it sets the pace. It's a good square piece of stone that one wall goes that way and one go. That's how you start a building. 
it needs to be a good, solid start. If it's crooked, it's no good, and they get rid of it. Check this one out. This one is 120 years old, and you can tell it's kind of hand-carved, hand-hewn, and that was a good square cornerstone of the day, right, for what it was uh, for the building that evidently was built in 1893, right? And, and that cornerstone serves as the, as the beginning of the entire building, now, uh, how many builders, if you, even if you aren't a, uh, how, many, how many people work like building, construction? Okay, a couple. How many bakers in the house? People like to bake, make food. We need more bakers, okay? Um, how many people like to make food, but they aren't necessarily bakers? Okay, a couple more. You guys evidently don't eat very much, all right, okay. Um, how many people work with, uh, like, cloth? You're a seamstress, right? Okay, so, um, if you're a builder, and you go to build, and all of the wood is crooked, what do you do? You send it back to Home Depot, right? Give me some straight wood. That stuff's junk. I'm not going to build anything good out of junk wood, right? If you're a seamstress, and you go to make a, an outfit, and there is a snag right down the middle of the fabric, are you going to spend your time making an outfit or something, whatever it is you make, um, with bad fabric? No, you're going to get rid of that junk. If you're a baker, and you open it up, and there are like those, uh, like the flowers old and there's those bug things in there, right? Yep. And, uh, and you look in there, are you going to make a cake out of that stuff? No, you throw that flower away and you get good flour. So here's the point. Jesus was a cornerstone. The builders looked at, builders aren't stupid. Bakers aren't stupid. Seamstresses are not stupid. They don't use bad materials. They looked at the cornerstone and they threw it out because it doesn't work for the house they were building. It doesn't work for the way they build. You see, we as people build based on how good can I be to prove that to others and to prove that to God, right? That's how we build religion. How good can I be? How much can I get toward God? And they looked at Jesus and Jesus is, he's, he's a God who gives, he's a God that we have to receive from. We need forgiveness from that savior. We need a savior, and they looked at that and they said, away with that cornerstone. Give us one that works for us. Does that make sense? It wasn't that they were stupid. They had the wrong perspective. They were building the wrong building. They weren't, they weren't in line with the kind of building that God wanted to build. So they threw it out. And, and he says that you and I are living stones. And so when we talk about messy church, right, we are being built into the work of God. And you can't do God on your own solo right? You are part of a community. You're part of this building. And here's what he says in verse 9. He says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Priests help people get in relationship to God. He says, you're priests, you're a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into light. We are all of those things so that we can declare who he is. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you weren't a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You weren't a people and you hadn't received mercy. Now you are the people of God and you have received mercy. Everywhere I have lived, the people in that place tend to think that their place is one of the most, if not the most special place on the planet, right? In Africa, in the country I lived in, Swaziland, they think their country is the center of, really, of, of the world. 
They really feel like their country is the most important. I, I was in Oregon for seven years, and Oregon thinks they are the most beautiful state in all of... Uh, how many people from Oregon? Right? And you probably agree. And actually, they have bumper stickers that say, thanks for visiting, don't come back. Right? Uh, and definitely don't move here. Right? We want our space, and we like it. Um, People in Utah, right? This is the place. We think that our place is pretty important, right? Um, we love our state. I grew up in Ohio, right? People there think they're pretty... Im- America, we think we're kind of the center of the world. Here's the thing. If you met... Well, let me ask you a question. What if you went from here and you went out to lunch and somebody was speaking a different accent right next to you and you never heard that accent before and you're like, hey, excuse me, do you mind? Where are you from? Right? And they say, oh, I'm from a nation called Mercy. Just moved here, right? I'm from a nation called Mercy. What would you expect from a nation called Mercy? What would you expect their people to be like? Merciful, kind, generous, full of mercy, full of grace. Do you guys understand who we are? We are foreigners living here, and we are a people. We didn't used to know God. We hadn't received mercy. We are a people. We've received mercy. We are a people from the land of mercy. We are a people who have an accent of mercy. We are a people who have mercy on our breath. We are a people from the land of mercy. That's who we are. Do you notice what he didn't say? He didn't say, you're a a people from the land of rightness. You're the most perfect people. You're the most correct people. You're the most true people. You're the bestest and no one else is as good as you. He says, you are a people because you've received mercy, a people from the land of mercy. So he says, be a people, be growing, be a people, be a people from the land of mercy. And then thirdly, he says, be intentional, okay? He says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, right? I urge you, urge you, urge you to think of yourself what you are. You are a foreigner here. You're an alien here from the land of mercy. He says, live uh, to abstain from sinful desires. Now we can just kind of read over that, but that word sinful desires isn't really just about petty sin. It's about big, uh, the word is sarks, which is flesh, worldly desires, just getting wrapped up in the pattern of this world. Do you remember Romans 12, 1 and 2? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't just live life the way everyone else lives it. Don't just live life thinking, this is it. I got to get for me and take care of me and get ahead and this is it. No, no. We are people from the land of mercy. We know this isn't it. We were we are sent here. We're to be intentional here. Um, how many of you work out of town? A couple of you, okay. So if you worked out of town, let's say you were sent, even if you don't work out of town, your boss comes in tomorrow morning and says, hey, by the way, I'm going to send you to Tulsa this week. And I got a work for you to do in Tulsa. And so Tuesday, you go out and you're in Tulsa. And uh, next week, your boss calls you and he's called a few times and you haven't answered. Calls and uh, you finally pick up. You're still in Tulsa. And he says, what are you doing? I sent you there for two days. And you say, well, hey, I'm in Tulsa now, man. I kind of like it here, so I just I decided to move in. And uh, we, you're supposed to come back. You're supposed to get the job done and come back, right? And he, you're like, no, no, no. I just, I just kind of got wrapped up. My kids are already in the soccer club here, and, you know, that's the way it is, right? And, well, first you'd get fired, right? And second, you missed the plot. You're supposed to go there and do work and come back. And he says, this is our, this is who we are. 
We're a people from the land of mercy and we're supposed to be intentional here. Don't get wrapped up in just thinking this is all there is. And isn't that hard? Isn't that hard to do? Because we just get wrapped up in thinking this is all there is. And we just lose intentionality. I'm just making it through. I'm just looking forward to my next vacation. I just, and I lose the plot for months or weeks or sometimes even years. And I forget that, that there are people who need to know of God. They haven't received God's mercy yet. And that's the plot. He says, live such good lives among. I love this word, among. Right? Right in the middle of. In the middle of life, be among people. Again, he uses the word pagan. The word pagan is simply like Gentile, which just means people who haven't met God yet. Right? We live in a group of people who meet. It's a very, uh, it's a very moral, pursuing God people all around us. Right? This is a great place to live. My, my son was in a football camp in Ohio a couple weeks ago. And he's like, Dad, I, like I heard more F-bombs from the coaches than I've heard in my entire time here in Utah right? Um, it's different other places, right? There, there's a very moral pursuit of, of life here. And he says, so when he says pagan, he simply means those who haven't truly met the mercy of God yet. Live such good lives. That word good lives is not just good lives. The word is conversation and the word is beautiful. Beautiful conversational lives. Live out these beautiful conversational lives amongst people who haven't met the mercy of God yet, so that when they do meet him, they're already worshiping him. They already know him. They've, they've received his mercy. Uh, I, this week, you can see that I'm sunburned. Uh, I got to go uh, with a buddy. We went on a motorcycle ride all over Utah. And uh, we do it every couple years in different places. And there are some roads that I was on that just absolutely stunning road that I had not been on. I've been past places before and I've been in them. I actually hadn't been inside arches before, so we did that around Moab. And then there's a town called Blanning, right? And there's a Highway 95 that comes back up, right? A couple of you that know it. And then, so write down that number. Write down 95 and write down 24. I'm not kidding, actually. Write down 95 and 24. 95 and 24. 95, beautiful, and 24. 24 goes from like 70 down through... Um, like Capitol Reef towards uh, Bryce Canyon. We got to Bryce Canyon and it was uninspiring compared to the road, right? The road, Highway 24, amazing. Every turn, every hill. Oh my word, I can't believe it's real and better than what I just saw. Every road, it's 100 miles of, wow. And when he says, Live out a beautiful conversation amongst people around you. That's the word. Live out beautiful lives that really come from simply pursuing him, craving pure spiritual milk, and leaving your hands off the wheel, letting him take you. Live these beautiful lives so that when they say, well, yeah, actually, they, they actually believe in a real God, and they really think that they're going to meet him in heaven or, or he's actually going to come again, they really believe in Jesus and that he's forgiven their sin. And it's a little bit weird, but whoa, let me tell you about their beautiful life. Let me tell you about the way they are with people. Let me tell you about the way they give of themselves. Let me tell you about their style because it's beautiful. Don't you want someone talking about your life that way? Like we're talking about Highway 24? Because it's stunning. You guys should all, you should take work off this week or get fired or something and go on a drive. <laughs> it's worth it. I'm not kidding. It's worth it. Highway 24. 
But the truth is, is that God says he wants, he wants people talking about your life that way. Not that you're, the, and I am just wrapped up in the same pursuit that everyone else has. That we're just a normal I-15, get it done, the normal path of life. Man, church, this is what we love. Crystal and I, we love K2. And from, from the first time I was here to when she and I came back to the four years, we absolutely love that we are that kind of people here among people in our city, in our state, who have not yet received the mercy of God. And so if I could encourage you in any way, man, push in to the pure spiritual milk of the word. Push in and let him transform you and lead you and guide you. And then, man, continue to live among people, right? As we continue to pray about the lease and everything for us growing forward in this 10th year of our church and where God has for us and what we do with people, I, I was filling up with gas uh, on a motorcycle south of Provo. And uh, this guy walked in and he's like, hey, lad, you're, you're my pastor from K2. He goes, you don't know me. I haven't been there in a while. And he goes, but I love K2 and I love, and he just goes on to talk about how he loves hearing about that mercy here. Don't take each other for granted, right? Don't take the person next to you for granted. Don't take your neighbor for granted who, who needs to know about God's mercy. You're in a cul-de-sac or on a street or in an apartment building for a reason. God has you there because people need to know of the love and mercy of God here in our city. So I love you and thank you for the opportunity to walk with you this time, this four years, and I look forward to... Uh, the next time we're together, maybe in this setting or a different setting. And uh, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here.